Welcome to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we help online coaches learn how to elevate their brand, become the experts in their industries so they can bring in more clients and create a life they want. I am your host, Chris Anderson. And if you want to make a difference in the lives of others, share this episode, go over to Apple Podcasts and follow us there to leave a positive rating and review. And together, we can leave a bigger positive mark on the world. Today, we're, I'm excited because it's a little bit different topic. We're talking about introversion, being an introvert, and the five phases of that, but then how we can elevate ourselves if you're an introvert on your journey. So we have Steve Friedman today, and he's done a lot. He's written books. He's helped a lot of people, and he's just an overall cool guy. Checking out social media beforehand and got connected with him from another guest we've had on the show, Carrie Vanston. And if you haven't listened to her episode, go check that out. Yeah, Steve, welcome to Elevate Your Brand today. Thank you, Chris. Great to be here. Yeah, for sure. And again, I'm interested to dive into this topic because I consider myself more of an extrovert, but I think I probably do have some tendencies of introversion. So these five phases, I'd be interested to see if I have anything that that comes from these phases or have been through these phases prior on my journey. People can obviously find you on social media, right? Find out more about your story. Is there anything in particular you'd like to share about yourself for people who can get to know you in a shorter time? I love your lead in because I think a lot of people don't believe or consider that introverts are leadership material. And a lot of those doubters are introverts themselves. <laughs> so I think that's a great opportunity. And that's why I love to chat with you and others about this is because there are a lot of great traits and strengths that introverts um, have. They just need to discover them and lean on them and figure out how to use them in what have been challenging situations like networking or meetings or that sort of thing in the office environment. And once they figure out how to do that with their own personality, instead of trying to do it like somebody else might do it, they become a lot more confident and they have this natural strengths to be a leader. For me, I would honestly say that took me decades. I worked it for three decades in corporate America and it took me a couple of decades before I realized what we're just talking about. And I struggled and it was painful and it was exhaustive and it was challenging for me and my family. And when I finally covered that and realized through the five phases that we'll talk about where I was and where I could be, it changed my life and the way I lead it lead teams. And so I'm happy to share that with other people. Yeah, no, and we appreciate you being able to do that. And, you know, the book, right? The Corporate Introvert. And a lot of people listening, they're starting their businesses on the side. So they're still in corporate America and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing to, to just sticking with corporate world. So anyone listening to this who thinks they're an introvert who doesn't could find out that they might be in, if they are an introvert, figure out how we can go forward. Make sure to stay around at the end because that's where he, where Steve's going to really dive in on how we can take these five phases, what we learn from them and elevate what we're doing. But first, yeah, I guess what are the five phases and then we break them down. Sure. So the first phase is unaware. And this is really, it's a chronological phase, but it happens, can't happen at any point in your life. But generally, introverts are, there's been a lot of studies. It's really largely genetic, but how you handle it and how you manage it and how you can succeed in life is not genetic. That's how you can manage that and learn and grow. And some do that and some stagnate. And so that's a lot of where I think we can go with these five phases. But the first phase 
is unaware. And for me, myself, as a kid, I was unaware. I felt different. I had three older sisters and they were all varying degrees of extroverts and loved them dearly, but we had very different personalities. And as three older siblings, I looked at, I looked up to them and I found that I was just different and I wasn't sure why. And it made me feel strange and not just at home, but in school and other environments that I wasn't the sociable person. My, my sisters were out running around on a Saturday in the neighborhood with friends. And then they'd come home and they'd be on the phone with the same people. <laughs> I would go out for 30 minutes and I'd be ready to come back in and do my own thing inside the house. (laughs) And so I wasn't sure what it was, but that, so that unaware phase can last for several years or a lot longer than that. The next phase is uninformed. That's when you start to hear about introversion. Like many people, I took a test when I was in college, a Myers-Briggs test, personality Mm -hmm. test. I took one when I was rather new in the corporate world. And I think it was just an opportunity to learn more about um, ourselves within the work team that I was in. And that was all well and good. And they still do that a lot these days. Problem in many of those situations, and certainly the experience I had was that they um, tell you what you are, these different letters and everything, labels, right? And, And then they walk away. And so you're left to your own devices on what does that really mean? And so when you're labeled as an introvert, the stereotype is not necessarily a very positive thing. And the stereotypes, which still exist, I must say, in dictionaries and thesauruses today is antisocial, loner, icicle, (laughs) narcissist, really very negative things that are not any more applicable to introverts than they are to the general population, I would say. So I became, I went through this second phase of really feeling very negative about myself because, okay, I've got this label, so I'm different. And now I know kind of one of the, at least one of the major reasons why I feel different. But then I hear all these negative things, so certainly not uplifting. The third phase is enlightenment. So this is sparked by, it can be a variety of things. You can read a book. Susan Cain wrote the book Quiet, which is the Bible for introverts in the 21st century. There are many other books. You can listen to a podcast about elevating yourself. You can do all sorts of things. Talk to a friend who's really knowledgeable. And suddenly you start to realize that this is not a negative thing. I grew up for most of my adult, early adulthood thinking it was a curse, but instead mm-hmm. it's actually a blessing to start to learn about these things, learn about the strengths that you have and how to apply those in social situations at work. And suddenly it's uplifting. So the enlightenment phase is oftentimes a rather quick phase because it's exciting and positive. Finally, <laughs> we learn a lot. We realize we have lots of opportunities that then we move into at some point, the fourth phase. So yeah. the fourth phase is contentment. So we start to realize, hey, I, I've got some pretty good talents. I'm pretty comfortable with those. I practice them. I feel much more comfortable doing things at work and meetings and so forth. And I also feel comfortable in knowing more about who I am. And so be, my alone time is cherished as opposed to perhaps feeling embarrassed that I like to be at home home alone sometimes or mm-hmm. going out to meals at home alone that suddenly I feel like this is a bit of empowering. So it's a contentment phase that is really a delightful phase. The last phase is what I call flourishing. And not everybody chooses to go to that phase. But when you get to that contentment, many people will start to think, what else could I do with my life? Now that I've shed all these stereotypes, there might've been dreams I had when I was a kid or early on, or I looked on a 
um, other people and I said, man, I wish I could lead a team or I wish mm. I could speak in front of other people or I wish I could go out and do more sociable stuff. Now that we realize how we can do that naturally and authentically, then all those dreams and new ones become possible. And so then we're really flourishing when we do that. We advocate for ourselves and we advocate mm. for other introverts in the workplace yeah. or in our family or whatnot. And so that's really flourishing. And I've talked to students at a local university here and f find it very interesting that they're going through a lot of those different phases. Some of them are pretty advanced and some of them are in the first stage trying to figure out who they are. Mm -hmm. But I've also, I got an email from somebody who read some of my blogs and she was 80 years old. And wow. she said, I read your blog and I, so I read a few other things and I just you just changed my perspective on this whole thing, 80 huh. years old. And Man. I would say she was in the first phase. Wow. And so what I really want to do because of my story and other people like her is if we can advance and elevate ourselves up to a point where we can be moving through those phases and reach that contentment and flourishing early in life, there's no reason we can't do that by our twenties or in our twenties, mm -hmm. as opposed to our forties, like myself or eighties. And there's, so I have a couple of quizzes on my website, which are all free. And I would invite everybody to check them out. I've had over yeah. 1800 people check out a quiz on strengths. Wow. So you spend about 15 minutes or so and answer a handful of questions. And it'll give you a detailed report on here are the strengths that, that seem to be natural for you and how do you use and grow them, which is the main thing, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then another one on these phases. So it asks some questions and helps you to understand what phase am I in and how do I accelerate to the next phase? And um, so I think that introversion is not a state of being. It's not, well, I'm an introvert and this is what it's going to be like and just deal with it. But yeah. it is a journey. And so I invite everybody to go on that journey. That's cool. And I really like these five stages because I think they can also be used even outside of introversion or being an extrovert or just knowing yourself, just learning about yourself. Because I think in so many, like when I was younger in high school and even in college, like I was so unaware of like my strengths and my weaknesses or like who I was as a person. And then finally like, figuring that out, like you said, through tests that are just there and there's a bunch of information you're trying to digest or learn, figure out what it means. And it is, it's a journey regardless because, um, and especially I think I didn't even think about that with introversion and having the connotations of that that are out there that make it even more difficult for those trying to just, just learn more about themselves from that perspective. So I think that this is a really good five phases to walk through. Mm. And that 80 year old hats off to her for reading online blogs. There you go. Even trying to start at 80. That, that's, that's really right. cool. Like it's never <laughs> too late to learn about yourself even more. So yeah, like we've got these obviously being unaware, like not really knowing or understanding what's going on. And then, having a grasp, like, okay, I kind of understand this about myself. Now, what does that mean? And how can I use that to get to the enlightenment phase, basically knowing yourself enough where then you can lean into that. So how can we, maybe some people listening are they're understanding themselves. They see they're, they're an introvert. They understand. I don't like being out in public for super long. It drains me. Or what are some other, I guess, let's back up. Time out. Time out on the field. What are some things introverts, quote unquote, deal with or some 
attributes of introverts that those who are extroverts might not understand? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's really helpful for everybody, introvert and extrovert, to understand the because it changes the dynamics of work teams or social situations or even the family. So as I mentioned, we have this test. We have eight different strengths. And so everybody's different. Certainly, we should all accept that. And even if you're an introvert, every introvert is different and has different Mm -hmm. strengths. It's just one aspect of our personality. But some of these strengths shine through more often when we look and talk to other introverts. The most common strength that we see is preparation and planning. So introverts very often score really high on this because we're very introspective people generally. And so we think through a lot of stuff and it really helps for us to plan. It's a natural tendency that we have. I have always been a planner maybe sometimes to an OCD type level, (laughs) but it really, it's a natural thing. So instead of hiding it or downplaying it, I really use it not just for things like meetings. So for an introvert to walk into a meeting without preparing at all, knowing the agenda or thinking about the topic and their role in the meeting, it can be very uncomfortable. And, um, generally those are the kinds of situations where I would walk out and feel like I really didn't do much in that meeting. And I, wasn't a good show on my part. But if we plan, we think about the agenda, we talk to the leader, perhaps get a pre-read if there's pre-read and just go through some of that and think about what questions do I have? What thoughts would I have? Because I think because introverts are so introspective, we get tied up in a lot of thoughts floating around in our head. And so we need a little bit of time to sort through those and figure out what am I actually, what do I really want to ask or add to the conversation? So instead of trying to figure all that out in the meeting, we can do that a bit in advance by doing the pre-read or talking to some of the leaders, or if, if we are leading the meeting to talk to some of the key players and kind of work out some of the issues before we go into the meeting. But planning and preparation, I've realized, is not just for that work setting. It can be for social setting. You mentioned this a little bit, but introverts take a bad rap and give a bad rap to themselves about, I'm not very sociable. The fact is, we are generally as sociable as anybody else, but there's a big, there's some big differences. So we're much more comfortable in small, smaller groups for shorter durations. And we like familiar places and familiar faces. Mm. And it's not that we can't do a big, big area, but I used to go to conventions and go to cocktails with hundreds of people, 99% of whom (laughs) I've never had met before. It freaked the crap out of me. (laughs) And I really did not like it. And ultimately I realized what I needed to do was instead of walking into this room of hundreds of people to identify people that I found were important for whatever my work task was or my objective at the why mm. I was there and set up these side meetings. Maybe it's over a drink or a breakfast, or maybe it's with one, or maybe it's with a few other people. And then suddenly I've shrunk the room from a hundred to three. And now I can, and I can prepare and I can think about, okay, who am I talking to? What's their background? I can check them out on social media. I can yep, think yep. of talking points that and questions that I would like to ask. And I'm much more comfortable in those sort of situations. So preparation for social situations is also important. Maybe a bit more more briefly, some of the other strengths that we find are introverts tend to be very good listeners and observant. So in meetings, other people might look at us and say, 
they're really not engaged. But oftentimes, or what should be happening is introverts are really observing the room, the body language, the emotional activity going on, and the different points that other people are throwing out off the top of their head, because that's what they are comfortable with. But for introverts to grab those bits and pieces floating around in the room and kind of put them together and oftentimes have a really unique perspective to share with the room. It's okay. Listening is learning. So it's okay to grab that and do that. But the key is you also have to share that. So be prepared and comfortable to go out there and and share your observations. And a lot of people will be pretty amazed at a new perspective in the room. Introverts tend to be learners, so listening goes into that, but learning background, learning about where we're going to go on vacation, or any of those sort of situations can be really appetizing for introverts. We tend to look at, at situations from a very balanced perspective. So again, I think that introspection gets us to where we don't just think, oh, here intuitively, this is what I think, but oh, let me think about the pros and cons and that sort of stuff, which can drive us a bit crazy. But I think it really is helpful in a meeting room where you've got a lot of other people that may be brainstorming very quickly and latching on to ideas quickly for somebody else in the room to be able to challenge that and say, let's think about this before we jump in and and make a decision or dedicate resources. Let's think about how this might impact other people and so forth. So I think that you wouldn't want a room, a meeting or a decision room or a boardroom with just introverts, but you also wouldn't want one with just extroverts. That mixture, it's diversity to a different degree that you have that mixture of people that can respect each other, but also create that more unique situation, more creative problem solving comes out of those sort of situations. So learning about those strengths and how can I use them in those sort of situations is pretty powerful. Yeah, and I you made a good point there at the end of you know you don't want a room of board of directors all one thing introvert extrovert whatever a mix is good and as long as they can respect one another and I think that comes with understanding each other better and so I think if we can get to the point even building a business like once you bring people onto your team or whatnot or shoot maybe it's just your partner or significant other like getting to know them better and how what makes them tick if they're an introvert or extrovert people on your team like going through a test maybe as a group and then looking at the results and explaining and learning like you said is a good trait of introverts but understanding what the other person brings what makes them tick and why and so you can understand okay they're zoning in to listen to learn they're not just sitting in the corner not wanting to be a part of anything. And so I think that's a huge piece is just understanding that people are different. How are they different? Okay, how can we work and use their strengths together with our strengths to improve and elevate what we're doing? Yeah, it's really just another layer of the diversity Mm -hmm. inclusion that has Mm -hmm. thankfully been brought into every work environment. And and I love what you talk about as far as sharing that and learning. One of the things that we did in one of the teams I was on is we had that sort of session. We brought everybody together and we talked about personality and we talked about strengths. And so not only did we have team bonding and we learned about each other in a more vulnerable way than we during the day-to-day activity, but we realized there are certain things that I enjoy doing and I think I'm really good at, I have a passion for, and there are certain things that Sue does and Billy does. And amongst 
our team, we have a lot of talents, but not everybody has all those talents. Nobody should and nobody can, including the manager, whoever that is. And to recognize who has the strengths and passions and to perhaps try and adjust the tasks that are done inside the group. So the people that enjoy it and have a specific talent for it are the ones that should be doing those sort of things. And they're happier, they're more productive, and other people can shed things that they don't really enjoy or they're just not, don't have a natural talent for and focus on those things that they enjoy more. Yeah. And it makes the team really click at a different level. Yeah. That's why when I was looking to marry someone, I wanted a math teacher. No, just kidding. That wasn't <laughs> in the requirements. No, there's no requirement. But my wife's a math teacher. She's very analytical. Yeah. Uh, and it just happened that to be that that's her strength. So it's like a chair on top because that's not my strength. I have to spend a lot of time to try to work on numbers, the finance stuff, and she gets it a lot easier. So having her kind of on the team, obviously we are our team. Yeah. It's great. It You bring the right people together and, and amazing things can be accomplished. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to make sure to understand is we've got to understand each other and use our strengths. So Definitely. Yeah. So with that, so taking these five phases, say you're walking through those, um, you know, you're into flourishing now. So you've walked through all this, people have connected with you, they've read your books. And so now they're flourishing within their introversion or introvert nature. So how can people elevate now they're flourishing now? How can they continue just to build on that to really succeed in, in whatever they're trying to accomplish? I do think that those later phases as we talked about these strengths, it's using those, then it's broadening it out. And when you're elevating in that flourishing phase, it's really thinking about how can I, what is my reason for being, what's my message, my purpose, and how can I just fully embrace that and share that and advocate for that purpose? And there's a, there was, there's a lot of stuff that we might be holding back on when we're younger, maybe it's just mm. from experience or age or maturity level, but also certainly from a introversion perspective or shyness, which is different, but oftentimes overlaps. And so <laughs> when you get to this point where you naturally feel more confident and with your authentic self, then how can you just really blow out that purpose and share it with as many people as you possibly can? And then you feel that sense of satisfaction and and that you're able to reach out and, and affect other people's lives or the business that you're working on at different levels. And so I think it's just uh, going through things that, again, you might have thought about years ago and said, eh, I'm not going to do that, way out of my comfort zone to do that. And yeah. there still will be things that are way out of your comfort zone. And so you may choose not to do those, but you may choose to challenge yourself to, instead of making that big leap that you, take it in little bite-sized pieces and I'm going to try it a little bit here and in this semi-safe environment and see how I do. And if I like it and I get better at it, then I'll bite off a little bit more. And if you're not comfortable to speak publicly, then you could speak with friends or speak in a small group, speak in a little bit of a bigger group, speak. And that might build on itself to a point where you're able to make a, even a greater impact and share your message with other people in a very authentic way. Yeah, no, that's great. Great guys. Now I'm curious, do you know any like celebrities or quote unquote famous people that are introverts that people might not su suspect? Do you know any off the top of your head? There's a lot of them. Actually, I had a blog like a, a month ago oh, and nice. we talked about a lot of famous introverts because a lot of people, introvert or extrovert, would think 
we're all lying, laying low. And so yeah. nobody would ever know and all right. that sort of stuff. But Bill Gates is an introvert. Michael Jordan's an introvert. Uh, really? A lot of actors huh. and uh, public figures are introverts because they have a talent. They have a mm. passion to do something and they want to do it. Like we were talking about earlier, it may just be that they, after they're on the stage or other situations that that get them out there, it drains their energy. That's the essence of introversion is it, yeah. that sort of stuff drains our energy, whereas extroverts will tend to pick up energy by being in a room with other people. Yep. And so after they're on the stage or after Michael Jordan plays a game and has a press conference, he's probably off by himself or with his really close entourage, just recouping hmm. his his energy and relaxing by himself. He's not necessarily the one that's going out and bar hopping or having mm-hmm. dinner parties with lots of big people because that doesn't help him to re-energize. And there's plenty of introverts out there. President Obama was an introvert. And, and, huh. and you would okay. think, and a lot of presidents are, and you would think these people are on the greatest stage in the world, right? Tremendous pressure and having to socialize and engage with lots of people every day. But introverts yeah. can do that as well as extroverts can, as long as they do it authentically and they think about how I can do it with leading with my strengths. If they try and do it the way Obama would not be able to do it the way George W. Bush does or did. You know, yeah. Bush was an extrovert. He loved to schmooze with people. <laughs> he would not want to do it the way Obama did. He wants to be out there. So they both have figured out how do I lead in my own special way? And they're taking on the biggest tasks in the world. Yeah. And uh, so I really think in the, the theme of the post was we can all do whatever we want to do. There's people that are very similar to us, grew up in, with the same sort of challenges, maybe feeling different as a kid as well. And then they are able to achieve these things. They're successful salespeople. Warren Buffett is an introvert. Hmm. Successful business people, um, politicians, singers, sports, people that are able to do all the things that many of us may dream to do. And I'll never be a basketball player, <laughs> a professional basketball player that we should take off those assumptions around what we should or shouldn't be able to do as an introvert, do mm. what we really are most interested in doing. That's awesome. That's great. I didn't realize. Yeah. Michael Jordan, I was surprised about that one, yeah. um, but so yeah, you guys have to make sure you go check out and find a list of who are introverts and extroverts. See if there's any on there you're surprised about, but Steve, this is been awesome just breaking down those five phases diving into being an introvert and how we can still succeed and do things that you want to do i think that's a great place to end because i think sometimes introverts or anyone in general sees themselves a certain way and said i can't because of that and i think you just close or open the door new possibilities by closing kind of that mindset then to kind of just wrap things up where can people connect with you find out more about you and what you offer so I'm on social media, but the easiest way to connect with me is at the website, which is beyondintroversion.com. Perfect. There's 150 blogs on everything from business situations to personal and social and family situations, blogs for teenagers and people that are just entering the corporate world and for retirees. So check it out. Lots of good stuff there. I mentioned some of the quizzes. When you subscribe, you also get a free ebook that is that introverts ponder hmm. and the answers that extroverts need to hear. <laughs> and so it really 
as a thought provoking sort of piece that just helps us helps to boost ourselves, but it also it helps for us in having dialogue with our managers or coworkers that may be coming at it from a different perspective. So I invite everybody to check out the website beyondintroversion.com. My latest book is The Corporate Introvert, and you can see that on the website as well, and it's available on Amazon. And I always love to hear from readers and and introverts and extroverts alike. So my email is on the website as well. So you can certainly throw me a note out there and I'll be happy to contact you. Awesome. Yeah, guys, make sure introvert, extrovert, reach out and get connected with Steve, check out his book, check out all that free resources he's got on beyondintroversion.com. Again, Steve, thank you so much for being on Elevate Your Brand today. My pleasure. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, no problem. And if you guys are watching this live or on replay, make sure you share it with someone else. Maybe you know an introvert who's maybe struggling uh, with starting a business, really elevating their brand, or maybe an extrovert who is dating an introvert or married to an introvert, send them this so they can understand a little bit better. Just share it out there because the more we can share it, the more we're going to be able to help people. So the more people that do that, the, the bigger ripple we can have in the world. And thanks so much for tuning into this episode today. If you found value at all from this episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It just helps us get this show, these messages out in front of more people. And don't forget to share this with someone who you think could benefit from listening to as well.